So it's this season again, the season of Christmas, and in this season, people are singing how happy they are. Isn't it so funny how God created us that when we express how joyful we are, we don't just talk about how happy we are, but we sing about how happy we are. But I, I have to be honest with you that that music has never been my thing. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do love music, but people tend to suffer whenever I sing. So this happened literally a couple of months before we got to the U.S. And so it was the Christmas season of 2019. And back then, our family were, uh, was living in South Korea, uh, where my wife is from. And on that particular day, just before Christmas, we decided to uh, sing some songs in karaoke you know, place. Now, if you've never been to Asia, to Korea or to Japan, karaoke's are so huge. It's, a, it's literally a multi-billion dollar business. And it's just everywhere, you can't miss it. And karaoke in Korea is not like the ones in the US where you have like the small machine at the corner of some dingy bar <laughs> and all of a sudden some guys start singing. It's not like that in, in Korea. Uh, well, we have delicacy, you know, when it comes to singing, okay? So when you go to Korea, you know, karaoke is in Korea, uh, you go into this small room uh, so that nobody else can, you know, hear you singing. I, guess, I think that's the whole idea. And so that day, we went to this karaoke place uh, just by our apartment where we used to live. And, you know, my wife started to sing. And... Uh, I have to be honest that my wife is a good singer, you know, she, I'm not just saying because it's her wife, I mean my wife, uh, but she, she hits the nose, she sings well. But I don't usually sing. And that day I was, uh, you know, feeling lucky, you know, miracle happened on Christmas. So for whatever reason, I decided to sing. I had a surge of confidence, you know, welling up from me. So I just decided to give it a go and started to sing this song called uh, Let It Go by Frozen, you know, Disney. Some of you know that song. And so here I was having the best time of my life, singing out loud, let it go, let it go. And as I was singing that song, I noticed that my wife was like, her expression on her face was pale. And she was literally about to let it go, like let the food go out of our stomach, kind of let it go. And so it was hard. And I, didn't, I don't know what happened, but the sound waves that was coming out of my mouth was messing with her brain. And it had this physiological effect to, to make her like seasick. And so that was a time when I noticed that I have a superpower, you know, to make people vomit by, just by singing. So now that is all to say that joy and peace of someone does not always transfer to the joy and peace of another. We can't make everybody happy. There is tension in this world that when someone is happy, other person is, you know, feeling crappy. And that's all because this joy of this world is circumstantial. It depends. It depends on where you live. It depends on what you have. It depends on who you are. So this season of Christmas, uh, I know that there are somewhat, somebody out there who are feeling not as joyful as all the people in the world. The song that you hear in the streets reminds you of something and it literally cuts you in your heart. 
and it's difficult and it's hard because their joy is not my joy, it's not your joy. But today I want to talk about this joy and, and peace that does not depend on our circumstances. Joy and peace for all the people. And this is the joy and peace of the fruit of the Spirit. The joy and peace that is from God. Now for those of you who's been missing uh, in the past uh, few weeks, uh, we've been going through this teaching series called Redecorate. And we are looking at the fruit of the Spirit and trying to see how they were displayed uh, they were demonstrated in the famous characters that we see in the Christmas stories in the scripture. And by doing that, we're trying to apply that to our lives as well. Now, you may be thinking, what in the world is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, Paul mentions this in uh, Galatians chapter 5. He, he says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So Paul is saying that before you met Jesus, you were walking in the flesh doing what you love to do, you were lustful, you were passionate, you were selfish, you were greedy. But after you met Jesus, you are walking by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has an effect on you. It's working in you so that you are more loving, you are more kind, you are more gentle. And slowly but surely, you begin to become more like Jesus Christ. And anyone who believes in Jesus have this. You have it. If you believe, I have it. And the people in the stories of uh, the scripture, the Bible, has it too. So today, as we look at the story of the angels singing and proclaiming the joy to these shepherds, I want to ask this question. How can we redecorate our lives with the fruit of joy and peace? And before we go into the text, I just want to pray for you, pray for myself. So Father, thank you so much for your kindness, your goodness, for your mercy and love. Um, but sometimes we have to be honest that uh, the joy disappears and peace disappears from our hearts. And when it does, it's hard. And we're lonely and we're lost, oh God. So teach us today what, what real joy is, what real peace is. So that we can display that, that we can have that attitude of joy and peace uh, wherever we go. Help us today, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, so if you have a copy of your scripture, if, uh, if you could, could open that to chapter 2 of Luke. Uh, we're going to be looking at verse 8. And it goes like this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So just to give you the context, uh, this narrative is happening right after the story of Joseph and Mary. Mary giving birth to baby Jesus in a manger. And right after that event, the, the camera zooms out from the scene of the manger and then zooms right back in out in the field to the shepherds. Now the word out in the field that is highlighted here uh, comes from this Greek word, aglaluntes, aglaluntes. 
And this is the only time in the all of New Testament where this word appears. So it's a very unique word. And by using this unique word, Luke, you know, who wrote this uh, gospel, is trying to convey this message, a special message. He's putting an emphasis the ex- about the extensiveness, about the inclusiveness of God's invitation. You know, when you have a big celebration like a birthday party or a wedding or a graduation, you know, who you invite is a very important you know, decision that you need to make. In Korea, in South Korea, where I used to live, when, when a baby turns 100 days old, then you do a big, big celebration. So when our daughter Reika turned 100 days old, we had a celebration. But back then, we, you know, we had a limited budget. You know, we couldn't invite all the people. So we made this short list of people that we wanted to invite. We had to draw a line somewhere, you know, when, when it comes to that event. Now, when Jesus was born, God drew a line somewhere of who to invite. And where did God draw the line? It says that he drew the line out in the field. The line was drawn so far out that even the shepherds were able to come. And this was a shock for many people back in those days. Because in contrast to what we believe, what we think about the shepherds as noble man who looks after the sheep, back in those days, shepherds, did not have a good reputation. Shepherds were like despised. They were out there. You know, when you ask the kids, you know, what do you want to become in the future? You know, nobody would say, oh, I want to I wanna try becoming a shepherd. No, that would never happen. They were the last options. You know, according to some historical Jewish documents, uh, it describes shepherds as people who are unreliable, so much so that shepherds were not even allowed to be uh, used as a legal counsel, a legal witness. They were half citizens. They were looked down upon, and those were the shepherds. But God drew the line out in the field. This was equivalent to saying that God did not draw a line at all. It means that Jesus' birth was for everyone. Now, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what history you have. I don't know what mistakes you've made in the past. I don't know. But God is inviting you to come to know him. God is inviting you to meet his one and only son. And his name is Jesus. He's inviting you to learn about his death. He came to save you. His invitation, God's invitation is for you. And the message of the angel that was given to these angel was also a message for you. Who said... Let's continue on. He said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, this word good news is where we get the word gospel. And it's come from the Greek word euangelion. And that's where you get the word to evangelize, evangelism. 
Now, did you know, though, that this word euangelion or good news is not a word that was invented by the church, even though we use it all the time in church. It was actually a word that was already used in, in the world, in, in a common world. And it was a word to describe a good news that happens to people of prominence. For instance, when a new baby was born in the imperial family, you know, people would dance and people would shout, it's a good news, it's a euangelion. Or when the Romans wins a, you know, won in a battle, and when the soldiers would come back into the city, the people would welcome the soldiers, euangelion, good news, the battle is won. And that was how the word was used. But when the Romans used this word, good news, it wasn't a good news for all the people. And oftentimes the good news for the Romans was a bad news for other people, other nations. Oftentimes the good news stirred a lot of fear. Oftentimes this word good news stirred a lot of uncertainty as well. Now, if you think about it, there is no such thing as, as a good news for all the people. And if you win a lottery, you are happy. But somebody else is, you know, biting his tongue with all the jealousy swelling up in his heart. You know, when a new president is elected, you know, half of the population are happy, but half of the population are angry. Uh, when in the, in the, the world of sports, uh, when Ohio State wins, I know people in Michigan, they get angry. I know that. Even, I don't even follow football. And I, I still I feel the tension here. The point is that there is no such thing as good news for all the people. A news that can make all the people happy. Because we are all different. You know, I, I'm wearing medium. You wear uh, large, extra large. You have different views, different tastes. We're, we're just all different. So when the, the angel said, behold, I'll bring you good news for all the people. We're like, really? Are you being serious? Is that even possible? But we have to notice that before the angel proclaimed the good news of great joy for all the people, the angel said, fear not. Because these shepherds were literally on the floor, shaking and shivering. They were afraid of the glory of God that was coming out from this angel. Now, you know, we are all so different, you and I. We're just so different. But when we see the fear of these shepherds, we see that there is something common between us all. And that all of us have this fear of God. Because all of us, regardless of your background, all of us have this thing called sin. The shepherds were shivering and they were shaking on the ground in the presence of these angels. Because God is holy and they were not. I don't have to give you the encyclopedia definition of what sin is today. All you have to do is to, you know, place your hand on your heart and just ask this question, is there darkness in my heart? And if there is, that is sin. You know, when we have sin, the only reaction that we could have when we come in the light of the glory of God is, is what, how the shepherds reacted. It's fear. And we see this all throughout the scripture. Isaiah, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, when he came across the glory of God, he knelt down, he broke down on the floor and he said, Woe is me, 
for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. And in the New Testament, you know, when one of the disciples of, of Jesus, Peter, when he saw the miracle of Jesus when, and when he realized that Jesus is the, the Son of God, Peter knelt down and said, Depart from me, Jesus, for I am a sinful man. You know, God is light and in him there is no darkness. So when we are living in sin, the only reaction that, that we can muster, the, the only reaction that we can have is, is fear in the presence of the holy God. But it is important that we understand this fear because only those who understand the holiness of God through fear can we understand what the angel proclaimed at this scene. The angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So the joy that the shepherds received this day was the joy of salvation that applies to all the people. Because all the people have this thing called sin. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're American, whether you're Korean, Japanese, Mexican, wherever you are, we all have this thing called sin and nobody can save ourselves. It is only God who can save us. So let's remember this point that true joy does not depend on what we have achieved. But it depends, true joy depends on what Jesus has achieved for us. And the only question for you today is this. Do you have this joy? You know, when you look at your attitudes, your actions, your heart, do you have this joy that does not depend on your circumstances? It doesn't depend on how much money you have, but it depends on Jesus, on, on what he has achieved for you. Do you have this joy? And having this joy doesn't mean that you, you have to have a perfect life. And having this joy, you can just still wake up in the morning and, and feel like you're all beaten up. Because you're tired. Because you're not looking forward to the new day. But when you place your hand in your heart, there is still this joy. Because deep down in your heart, you know that God loves you. Deep down in your heart, that God is in control. Deep down you know that you're forgiven. You know, as crappy as our life can be, there is still joy that doesn't go away because you know that when God calls you up in heaven, whenever that may be, you're ready to stand before the holy presence of God. There's no more fear. You can boldly approach the holy throne of God because you know that when God sent his son Jesus, when, and Jesus shed his blood on the cross, he removed your sin. As far as the east is from the west, it says, he removed your transgression, your sins away from you. So come on. God loves you. Do you have this joy? A joy that does not depend on your circumstances. This is the kind of joy that God wants for you to have today. Now, when there is joy, there is also peace. Because joy and peace are like the two sides of the same, same coin. They go together. So as the shepherds were going into the, into the city of Bethlehem, 
It says in verse 13 and 14, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the, heaven, uh, of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, there is not just one angel now, but there is a multitude, a host of angels before the shepherds, and they proclaim peace on this earth. Now, what is peace? Now, you might be surprised when I say that when the angels proclaim this peace, the people, including the shepherds, they were living in a time when there was already a great amount of peace. And later, historians call this uh, time period as Pax Romana peace. It's the peace of Rome. You know, when Jesus was born, it was during the time of uh, the reign of Emperor Augustus, Emperor Aug or Caesar Augustus. He was the first emperor of the Roman Empire. And he reigned for 40 years. And during that time, he conquered many nations and because he conquered many nations, it created this bizarre type of peace. You know, the nations were not fighting each other, not because they suddenly started to love one another, but because they were afraid of the Romans. They were afraid of the empire. But eventually, you and I know that the, this peace didn't, didn't continue. You know, right now, when we look at the world today, there is no peace. There is chaos and not just in the world, you know, chaos in the world, but there's chaos in our country, chaos in our city, chaos in our neighborhood. And maybe you think that you're living in a chaotic environment today. But we don't have to wait for chaos to disappear to receive the, the peace that comes from God, the fruit of the spirit of peace. Because the angels were not, the angels, they were not talking about that kind of physical peace. You know, that, they were not talking about peace that can only happen when there is no chaos. The angels said, peace among those with whom he is pleased. That's what the angels said. They were talking about the peace that happens between our relationship with God. And that is a true peace that God wants for you today. True peace comes not from the absence of chaos, but from the presence of Christ. That's what the angels were saying to the, to the shepherds. Now, if you were tuning in last week and Travis was uh, talking about the fact that we are an enemy of God. And that's what we are. We are an enemy of God. You know, you wake up in the morning, you, you make a nice cup of coffee, you take a shower and eat breakfast you get your butt on the car and you start your day. But as you are doing that, if not a trace of thought about God comes across your mind and you, you live as if you are like the mini God of your own life, then you are declaring war against God. But God loved us so much. He sent his one and only son and his name is Jesus to bring about peace between us and God. And he did for us, not, not, not with the weapons of war, but by offering himself up on the cross when we were the ones who needed to be punished. Jesus came and he took our place and died for us on the cross. Jesus came as a prince of peace to restore our broken relationship with God. 
And that is the kind of peace that God is offering to all of us today. You know, when I was uh, prepping this uh, sermon this week, I was uh, working in my car, and in front of me was a, a beautiful lake. And the lake reminded me of one of the stories in the, in the New Testament of Jesus on the boat with his disciples. Many of you know the story. And as Jesus was on the boat, uh, there's a storm, and the disciples begin to panic. They're yelling, they're screaming. They're just everywhere. And as the disciples look at Jesus, they find Jesus sleeping on the boat. Peace and comfort, calmness. Jesus had peace in the chaos of the storm because Jesus had a perfect relationship with God. When you have a relationship with God, despite the chaos, there is peace. And that is the kind of peace that God wants you to have. I know that some of you are living in a chaos, a stormy weather today. You may have some illness that you can't solve. You may be going through some financial storm, a financial storm called Christmas. You know, you're trying to get all the, the gifts and, and presents while at the same time trying to pay all the bills. It's chaos. And I have to be honest with you that it was very difficult for me to prepare this sermon because it's a busy season. And I'm begging God, give me peace. But there is chaos everywhere. But let's just stop our feet today and remind ourselves that we can have peace, even in chaos. We have to listen to the voice of the angels today who proclaim joy and peace. We have to remind ourselves that we are not the savior of the world. We are not the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. And we have to remind ourselves that God is in control. He came to bring about peace between us and God. He came to restore our relationship, a broken relationship between God. He is your stronghold. He is your refuge. He got it under control. You will not drown. He will not let you. And let that truth sink into your heart. Let us just bask in that beautiful truth this season. But I know that for some of you, you don't have that peace right now because you don't have a relationship with God. You haven't received that joy yet. You haven't received that, that peace yet. And whatever joy that you have today, whatever peace that you have today, it's all circumstantial. It depends on what you have. There's a string attached to your peace, a string attached to how much you have, string attached to your title at workplace. But when the new year comes, and when, when, when it starts to rain, when it starts to, when it starts to storm outside, you, you, you lose that joy. And who knows what happens next year? And whatever joy and peace that you have will disappear like a mist. And God doesn't want that from happening. God doesn't want, he doesn't wish you to live in that darkness anymore. Today, God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to give you this true joy that nobody can take away. He wants to have this, the true peace that endures through the storm. And if you want that, you need to first admit that there is a rift that there is a divide between you and God. 
You won't because you, unless you realize that there is brokenness between you and God, you won't be able to hear the voice of the angels who said, fear not. Before you listen to the word of fear not, you need to first understand that God is the one to be feared. You need to first come to terms that there is this thing called sin in your heart. And if you want that joy and peace today, I just want to offer you, I just want to challenge you to, to pray with me at this time. So wherever you are, if you could just close your eyes and, and bow your heads with me. And let's pray together so that you can have this joy and peace today. Father, thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. Thank you for giving us this joy for all the people. I heard you today and I admit that there is brokenness in my heart. The joy that I have, the peace that I have is here today, gone tomorrow, God. And I want a true peace. I want a true joy. And I, I understood today that it could only come from you, the creator of heaven and earth. So Father, would you help me to humble myself right now and receive you as my savior, receive you as my Lord. Give me that peace, God. Would you restore this broken relationship that is between you and me? Jesus, I believe that you are my Lord. I believe that you came to die for me on the cross. I believe you resurrected from the dead. As we continue to pray, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, God. Despite all the chaos, despite all the busyness in our life, we can still have that peace because our peace does not depend on our circumstances. Our peace depends on you, Lord. What you've done for me, you die for me, oh God. Thank you so much for giving us this joy and peace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, if you just pray that prayer today, uh, you now have peace with God. And we wanna celebrate that. Literally, the angels are singing and rejoicing in heaven for you right now. And so we, I want to just ask you to text the word Mile City to the number on the screen. And we want to get to know you. We want to come alongside you and, and just really live the, the life of peace and joy that, that you now have in Christ Jesus.